0: Um, I, I've gone back and forth the past couple of weeks. If you've been tracking with us um, at, at Ethos, you know that tomorrow we are stepping into a season of prayer and fasting as a church family. And so if you're new to us, I'm going to talk about that today to kind of help you understand what, what, what's going on and a little bit of the heart behind what we're doing. Um, but, but I've really been wrestling with, okay, you know, last week we, we talked about fasting. The first time that we see it in scripture, Exodus 34, go back and listen to podcast if, if you're not familiar with fasting, you're not familiar with the Bible, seriously, go back and, and listen to that podcast, ethoschurch.org, and, and it'll kind of give you some context for, for the purpose of fasting and the heart of fasting. And, and I thought this morning, like, okay, how do we need to use this time, the day before our fast begins? Maybe what we need to do is like a comprehensive overview of every time that fasting comes up in the Bible, every time that it's mentioned, every time that God's people engage in fasting. I thought, man, that could be really helpful. I don't think you guys wanna be here for four hours, so maybe not this morning, you know. Um, I, I thought about, man, maybe I should answer some of the most frequently asked questions. Not that I have all the answers, but I would engage those questions like, hey, do Christians have to fast? And is there a right way to fast? And I thought, man, maybe we should do that. And this week, as I've just kind of been wrestling and thinking about how today the couple of things that I've just kind of felt strongly. Number one is that that is important for us to get really practical today, to help us as a church family really step into this season. And so what I wanna do is, is to give us some space this morning to really form a plan for how we can individually, but also collectively walk through this next season together. And so I wanna give a space to, to proactively think about a, a plan. But the second thing I wanna do is, is I really just kind of felt like, man, I gotta to speak to the posture of the heart. And, and I don't, honestly, sometimes I go, man, I feel like this is just burning for our church when I teach. And then other times I get up and I'm like, I'm not sure if this is just for me or if it's for our church family. And so this, I, I really believe is for me today. And and hopefully it blesses you as well. Um, but but I'm excited to to talk about the posture of the heart. And so um, we're going to talk about practically, and we're going to talk about the posture of the heart. And and, and I want to start by talking about the, the heart, like, you know, not the the, the physical organ in our body, but s the very center of who we are, the thing that Proverbs says that everything you do flows from your heart that 's what I want to talk about this morning the the inner you um, the things that matter to you the the, the, the thing that, that that drives your life that motivates you the thing that moves your heart that if you take this thing from you, you no longer are a person you no longer have a personality, you no longer have drive that this is the very center of who you are and so uh, I want to talk about the posh of our hearts and so Um, You know, in almost every aspect of our lives, um, a vision for what we desire to be or to do or to have, it it influences the decisions that we make like in in real time. A a vision of, of what we want to be or do or have drives the decisions that we're making right now. So you think about this in just really practical terms. Think about the way financially it works. You know, you have this vision, like, man, my vision is to pay off my student loans, amen? Like, you know, I want to pay off my student loans. And so you have this vision for what you want, and so really it it influences the way that you're living right now. Or you go, man, I have a vision to buy a house one day, or I have a vision, like, I got to get a new car because mine's broken down, or I've got a vision to pay for my kids to go to college someday. And a vision for what we want to do or be or have, it influences the decisions that we make in real time. This is the way it works in every aspect of life, our careers, raising children, being emotionally or physically or mentally healthy. It all stirs from a vision of who we want to be, what we want to do. And I want to give you this question to wrestle with this morning. You know, what is the vision that we have for our lives with God? You know, some of you are like, I'm not even a follower of Jesus. Man, praise the Lord that you're here. You're like, I've never even contemplated this question. Well, today is a good chance for you to start beginning thinking about that. What's the vision that we have with our lives for God? You know, like when, when we take our last breath in this life, and this moment's going to come to each of us unless Jesus returns first. What do we want to have, to, to have been to the Lord? Who do do we want to be in the Lord? What do we want to have done with the Lord and and for the Lord? And and I was just wrestling with that question myself, like, what do I want? And I go, man, when when I take my last breath in life, I want to look back. And I go, man, I I listened to and desired to hear the voice of God. And I obeyed him. And, And I loved him. And, and I was faithful to my wife and I enjoyed my wife and, and I raised passionate, devoted followers of Jesus' children. And I walked with our church family through, through the ups and downs and no matter what came our way, we withstood the storms of life, that, that we were resilient disciples of Jesus. When I, when I think about the, the way that I wanna end my life, I, I wanna look back and go, man, I actually love the Lord, the vision for, for being faithful and committed and and knowing God, like knowing his voice and knowing his heart drives my life, not perfectly. And I get so distracted. That's why I want to talk a little about what we're going to talk about here in just a minute. But I want you to really wrestle with that question. What is the vision that you have with your life for God? Who do you want to be in God? And, And I love this because, you know, the majority of us, and I think this is the work of the enemy, we see who we want to be and we go, that bridge from where I actually am feels like 3,000 times a Golden Gate Bridge, right? It's like, I could never get there. And the encouragement, I think that the Lord was speaking to me and hopefully to us as a church family is that we always start where we are. Not where we want to be, not where someone else is. And the important thing is not to, to, to see the gap, it's to take steps in the direction, being the person that you want to be in God. I love Mark chapter four. That's where we're gonna be for a few minutes this morning. It's one of my favorite parables that Jesus teaches because it's simple and easy to understand and and he explains what it means. And so I love those kind of parables. Mark chapter one, if you have a Bible, I don't have the page number for one of our Bibles. Does someone have that? And you could yell out the the page number if you find it so other people can turn there if you're using one of our Bibles. Does anybody use one of our Bibles? Mark, nobody? Okay, cool. Mark chapter four. Seven hundred one. So if you're using one of our Bibles, 701, Mark chapter four, I encourage you, pull out your phones right now if you have the Bible app, let's, let's be in the word. I encourage you for this, this next month, hey, bring your Bible to church. You're like, I don't have a Bible. Get on Amazon, get a Bible. If you're looking for a translation, get an NIV. That's what I love to read. It's what I teach from. It's what Andrew teaches from. Bring a Bible with you. It's important to read along, to have your own. Mark chapter four, starting in verse one, says, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. Verse two, Mark four. And Jesus taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. And Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Then verse 13, go to 13. Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? I love that question. The, the way that you understand the parables is by pressing into Jesus, <laughs> by seeking knowledge, by staying in his presence. Verse 14, the farmer, he explains the parable here. The farmer sows the word. The word is Jesus. It's the word of God. It's scripture. It's it's a voice, the things that come from God's mouth, his heart. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where this word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word, and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word accept it and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. This is the word of the Lord from Mark 4. And so I love Jesus describes four different postures of the heart towards him. I encourage you to be really honest right now. You're not going to answer this out loud, but just to yourself, you know, when it comes to the condition of your heart right now towards the Lord, when you think about your relationship to the living God of the universe, what soil best represents your heart? You know, for some of you, you go, man, it's the good soil. You don't have to feel bad about that. You know, for some of you, man, you go, man, I'm, I'm hungry for God right now. And I'm, I'm loving just living in his grace. I feel alive to God and, and fresh. I feel alive to his mission. I'm, I'm loving people and I'm not perfect by any means, but, but if you look at your life, you realize, man, I'm actually thinking about other people. My life is actually blessing the people around me. And, and you go, man, if you're being honest, you go, there's actually fruit coming from my life. My heart is soft to God. And some of us come in this morning and the good soil is representative of your heart. For some this morning, you go, man, if I'm being really honest, my heart is like the seed that fell on the path that the birds came and ate up. My heart is closed off to God and others. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to lie. You don't have to deceive yourself. Just be honest. Like Maybe it's because you're scared. Maybe it's because you've been hurt. Maybe it's because you're cynical or bitter. Maybe you're angry at God and you're distant from people. Maybe you don't feel loved and you're not loving well. Others of you, man, maybe you, you really resonate with the, the shallow soil, the soil, the, the seed that went down into the, to the, the ground and it produced the fruit, but there were no roots. Some of you, man, if you look at your life and your heart and your desire to walk with God, there's actually a genuine interest in the things of God. It's not a lie. It's not a facade. You know, you, you actually desire to be in relationship with him, but it's on the surface. It, it comes and it goes in spurts. And maybe for you, this is what it looks like. Man, you have no problem like showing up to house church or even showing up here on Sunday morning. And you have this genuine want in you to know God and to please God. But that doesn't like really translate into the rest of your life. There's not a real deep connection with the Lord himself. So, anytime something hard or unfavorable comes your way, you're quick to to blame God and turn on God and be mad at God instead of letting God bear your burdens with you. Others of you this morning, you, you feel like the soil that has thorns, man, that you're growing up in God, but man, you just realize I've become so, and this is just where I feel like I'm just living right now, so distracted. Oh, my goodness you look at your life and you go, man, my passion for the Lord has waned. That the scripture and the prayers and the people that, that, and the peace and the joy that once filled your mind has now been replaced with being just like overly concerned with the future. The next thing to buy, the next trip to take, how you're gonna pay for, for college, how's everything gonna work out. And, and I just encourage you this morning, do not feel ashamed of where you are this morning. <laughs> This is not a place, the, 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 the church is not a place where you come in and you, and you get kicked for how bad you are, okay? This is not a place where, where you, your you're lap shame on you for, for, for where you're starting. You know, I remember when I was a freshman in high school, I walked in and played football and I walked in the weight room and the 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 thing for our high school was a bench press okay and so you know you walk in and all these just meatheads these big dudes are sitting down and 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 they have this bar that weighs 45 pounds and on each side of the bar there are these 45 plates and they're just you know 245 pounds 300 pounds 350. I get on the back and I get on my back not the back and I'm laying and and I get the bar and I put tens on each side (laughs) And I'm like struggling. And and I'm like, I don't want anyone to see me. Like, I wish I could just disappear. Like I get up from the bench and I just feel so defeated. Like, oh my goodness. And I'm just like, I should be stronger than this. I should be better than this. Like, you know, I should be farther along. And, And it's so funny because my perspective changed my senior year. Um, I didn't get much stronger four years later, right? Like, it wasn't like I improved a lot, but there was this guy that was, you know, smaller than I. And I remember him walking in the weight room and, and me looking at him and not being like, that dude should be lifting what the offensive linemen are lifting. It was like just this excitement, like, dude, just start where you are. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're on our team. I'm so glad you showed up to the weight room. It's so easy to, to avoid that. It'd be so easy to, to not show up to weightlifting. It'd be so easy just to quit, but, but you showed up. And guys, you showed up this morning. And, and, and you're burying your soul. You're being really honest. You're bringing it into the light with some hard questions. And, and my encouragement to you is way to go. But here's the work that has to be done. It's not just about where we start. I think it's about taking steps. And in our culture, man, we want to just be loved on for being who we are. Man, just do you. <laughs> It's cool. And and I go, man, that's good. But the gospel, when it actually comes into our life, the good news of Jesus, it it calls us to repentance, to more. And you go, man, my heart, I feel like the shallow soil right now. I feel distracted right now. That's where you're starting. That's not where you're going to end up. And it's going to take some steps. And and, and I want to encourage you, man, to, to, to not feel bad about where you're starting. Don't feel bad about where you're starting. we do have to take some steps. My wife and I last year had a garden probably like 90% of people in this room right and, and um, you know you're, we had this garden and, and there were some things that grew up really well like our sweet potatoes they killed it and you know kale did awesome and there were things that they did get and then a lot of things we killed them like they just didn't come up they, and, and it would be easy to just like look at it and be like okay let's just you know let's just try it again the same way let's just keep doing the same thing that we did and hope that the peas come up this year or you know it'd be easy to, to just be like you know this is we're done with this and, and I love just the the words of court she's like there's something wrong with the soil let's just fix the soil and i love that i go guys let's let's tend to the soil let's not let's not throw the towel in let's not keep doing the thing the same things over and over again if it's not working if there's not fruit in our lives if we're shallow and hard and distracted who wants to make a change who wants fruit to come from their life. When you think about the vision for who you want to be, let's take a step in that direction. And so this morning, we're we're just talking about the posture of our hearts. Now I wanna get really practical. So we're about to step into a season, 28 days where our church family, and we're calling our whole community to take a step into a season of prayer and fasting. There's a pastor in Kansas City and their church has been doing seasons like this for a long time. And, and I was listening to a podcast recently that he was teaching on, and, and he was talking about fasting. And he says, fasting without praying is just dieting. And it's a terrible way to diet. <laughs> Because all that happens is your metabolism slows down and then you get done fasting and all you can think about is the food that you want and you end up putting on five pounds after the fast. And, and so he's like, fasting without praying is just dieting. And, and I love that those words resonated in me because in years past, I've been just really fixed on the fasting part. What's my plan? What am I doing? And, and I felt like the Lord has been just really asking me, Brandon, like before we think about your what you're doing, fasting, what, what's your plan for filling up on me? Like, what does your prayer life look like this next 28 days? How much time do you wanna spend with me? What do you wanna do in that time? And so what I wanna do is I wanna give us some questions to wrestle with. I'm gonna walk through these, and then our communion this morning, our communion thought is actually gonna be just giving you space, personally, privately, individually, to, to just reflect on these questions. So I encourage you, You know, you can write these questions down, That they're gonna be up on the screen at the end, but I really want us to to wrestle with these. Don't just come in this morning and and hear this like teaching, let it go in one ear out the other. This is a practical teaching meant to help us take steps towards the person that we want to be in God. And so the first question we're gonna wrestle with this morning is what do you want personally from God next 28 days? What do you want personally with God from God in this next season? You know, last week we talked about Exodus 34, the first time that fasting is seen in the Bible. And this man Moses fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And we had just five observations of things that came out of his time of prayer and fasting, that there was a closeness with God that came, that, that there was a cleansing, a healing, a forgiveness of sin that came, that, that Moses stepped into a deeper relationship with the Lord, that there was a greater covenant that was given. The fourth thing, that, that, that Moses fasted and prayed and blessing didn't just come to him, it came through him, to his community. And then the fifth thing is that he looked more like Christ. And I go, think about that. What, what do you want in this season? What do you want in God? Maybe think about one of those five things, but, but what else? Like literally for you personally, what do you want from God? And I'm convinced that, that part of, of how we fill up, how we, how we pray in this season, a big part of the next 28 days, being a place of repentance, helping it be a step into becoming the people that we want to be in God, is, is us praying privately. Like it's, it's going to be you going, like, the onus is on you to do it. Like you can't rely on someone else to cultivate a relationship with God. It's it's gotta be something that, that you make the choice to do. And and in my experience has been, it is one of the richest things about my life. Personal connection with Jesus. For you this, this, this month, the next 28 days, if you decide to take a step with us, for, for you to, to take seriously this, this filling up on God, for you to set aside time to pray, to be with God. And you're like, I don't know how to do that. Let me give you, let me give you something to try this week. Cause I don't know what you do. And this is really practical for some of you. This is like, man, I don't need this. And so this is for those that, that do need this, you know, when, when, you, when you are praying, who are you picturing talking to? Are you talking to the stars? Are you talking to the sky? Are you talking to like, who are you picturing talking to? Like in your mind's eye. And what I wanna encourage you this month is, is try picturing each time, praying to the Father. Praying to Jesus, or praying to the Holy Spirit. Try to picture them, and picture yourself in a place that you love to be. So you're praying to Jesus, man. Where's your favorite place to be? Is it in the cat? Is it in? The, is it mountains in a cabin? There's snow outside. Man, is it? Is it on a ski lift? Seriously, where's a place that you go, man, I feel at peace here. Is it in your living room, sitting by the fire? Where is a place that that you feel at ease and at peace? And I want you to picture this month when you're praying, picture God. And and tell him the things that are on your heart this month. For you personally. Personally. Tell, the, tell God the things that you want. God, I, I want to be forgiven of sin. God, I know that you've forgiven me of this, the past, God, but I've got to help me let go of the person I was. Or God, I want to look more like you. I don't look like you. I want to look like you. And, and, and come into his presence and just tell him what you need. Part of this season of filling up is going to be you and your personal private relationship with the Lord. I encourage you to read scripture this month. We created these guides every month or for every day. There's a a scripture reading, a couple verses and then a psalm. Read scripture with us this month. So pray, but spend some time reading the word of God. Let his words come into your mind, into your heart. Read other books of the Bible this month. What are some books that you've never read? Maybe it's a gospel. Maybe you're going to read all the gospels, or maybe you're going to read some of the prophets. You're going to read Isaiah. You're going to read Jeremiah. Or maybe you go, I want to read... Genesis, to see how this whole thing started. I don't know what it is that you, the Lord will lead you to, to read, but the first thing I want you to think about is what do you want personally from the Lord? Second question, and I love this question. Who are the people and what are the situations that you want to pray for this season? So part of praying and fasting is not just for us, it's for the people around us. Who are the people and what are the situations that you want to pray for this season? Listen to this, where's the brokenness that needs Repairing. Where is the hurt that needs healing? Where is their pain that needs comfort? Who needs you to pray for them? What are the situations around your life that need a touch from God Almighty? What are the complex and the impossible situations that only Jesus can untangle? And I encourage you literally to to make a list. I started doing this a couple days ago, going, what are the things I'm going after this season? Not just for me, but for my community. And think about it. Who are the people that you want to pray for? And and, and I encourage you to write those things down. Literally, just bullet point them. And, And when you're in this private place of prayer the next month, and you've got some space, open that journal and just go after it. My wife is amazing at this. Like she will just, if there's something going on in your life, you know, we wake up in the morning and we sit by each other on the couch and she opens her journal and she just goes after it praying for you. And she intercedes and and I see that in her and I go, I want to be more like that. And it spurs me on to go, oh, she actually believes that if she will keep knocking on heaven's door, that door's going to be open. And so she doesn't go tired, she doesn't go weary, she doesn't quit, she keeps interceding on behalf of people that she loves to the God that she loves. And I'm telling you, if you will write down the things that you're praying for, you will see God answer your prayers. And it might not be, you know, one of the things that I do is when when God answers prayer, I try to go and highlight it. And I look back over journals and years past and I go, guys, it's amazing the prayers that God answered. And sometimes there's still prayers that I'm praying God hasn't answered. And there's sometimes where I'm praying for for healing or health and, the, and God chooses not to answer that prayer the way that I asked, that, that they passed away or something happened. And it doesn't mean that God's not listening, but I tell you, nothing will build your faith and your confidence in the Lord, like you persistently knocking on heaven's door, asking the Father Almighty God to move, and then seeing him do it. There's nothing that will stir you. That's right. Garrett and Kelly, my good friends, Courtney and I's good friends, for seven years prayed for a baby of their own. I remember three years ago, going in, we were in the other room, we got behind the stage during the season of prayer and fasting just praying, God, please. Wanted a baby so bad. Seven years. And yesterday we were up at the office, the pancake breakfast at our kid's pastor, Jill, was having. And Merritt and I are on our knees and I'm holding Ezra, this one-year-old little boy that they prayed for for seven years. And we prayed for um, about the same amount of time and to hold Ezra yesterday and to be like, oh my God, you are amazing. You're faithful, God. And I'm telling you guys that the, the Lord hears your prayers. That there are situations and things that are going on around you. And, and don't be discouraged if you haven't had an answer yet. Don't be discouraged if, if you haven't seen the light. Man, let it drive you further into God's presence. Go, God, I know your character. I know your heart. I know that you're gracious. I know that your son died for me. I know that, you're gonna, that you love me so much. God, would you please answer this prayer on their behalf? And I go, man, I, I pray that the Father's ears are full of prayers as hearing us pray for other people this month. What are, the prayer, what are the situations you're gonna pray for this season? The third thing, how do you wanna participate communally in prayer in this season? So number one, your personal what do you want from God? Number two, who are the people you're going to be praying for? The situations that you're going to pray into? Number three, how do you want to participate communally in prayer this season? And, and I just really believe this in me, that, that there is something that happens in communal prayer that doesn't happen in private prayer. And I just have this sense in me, and I could be totally off. I don't think I am, though, because the, the Bible actually just you know backs this up, that there is something that happens in communal prayer, that you will learn something about God about your sisters and brothers. I believe that there's something that God wants to give to us that doesn't come in personal prayer. It only comes when you engage in communal prayer. I believe that that, God wants to, that that God wants to shift things in our hearts, in our minds, in our understanding of who he is and his heart, and it can't come between just you and God. It has to happen on the horizontal level, you engaging communally. So I just wanna walk through the communal opportunities that we have this next month, and for you just to decide with the Lord, how can I participate? So the first thing that we're gonna do every morning, starting tomorrow, and every night, 6.30 a.m. and 9 p.m., we're gonna have a Zoom prayer call, Monday through Friday, the next 28 days. 6.30 a.m., 9 p.m. I love this, we did this last year. I know so many of you, you're on the way to work then, or you're getting ready then. You're like, that's such an inconvenient time. It's 30 minutes. You don't have to say a word. You don't even have to show your screen on Zoom. You show your face. <laughs> Put your name up there. Think about it, though. Man, how, what does it look like for you to engage communally in prayer this month? Maybe it's the Zoom prayer calls on Monday, Monday through Friday. There's gonna be a special prayer call every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. that's gonna be led by kids and families. For anybody who wants to be a part of that, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. on Zoom. Each Sunday night, we're going to have prayer gathering. Next month, except for Super Bowl Sunday, great opportunity for you to connect with your neighbors. Every Sunday night, besides that Sunday, 5 p.m., prayer gathering. Pray in person with other people up at our office. February 11th, it's a Saturday morning from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m., Six hours of prayer at the office, calling it night watch. Maybe you'll come for an hour. Maybe you'll come for the whole thing. Think about it, though. Man, Jesus did this. He stayed up all night praying. A chance to to give up something that you love, to give up sleep for the purpose of communally praying. What will God give to us in that space? What will God do when we give up sleep to be in his presence? For some of you, you'll come to that February 17th. We're going to have prayer stations up at our office from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Come and go anytime. And then we're going to end the fast on February 26th, starting at 5 p.m. with 24 hours of consecutive prayer up at the office. From 5 p.m. Saturday, February 26th to 5 p.m. Sunday, February 27th. And we're going to end the fast with a celebration at the cannery with worship and hopefully lots of baptisms maybe you'll come to the 24-hour the, the prayer time for an hour or two hours, or maybe you'll go, you know what, I'm going to come up there for five hours. <laughs> and I encourage you to think about how can you engage communally in this season? And and, and you maybe you look at your life and you go, man, I don't have much to give. That's okay. Give what you can give. And the fourth thing I want us to, to finally kind of finish up talking about this morning is, is just the fasting aspect. And you know, I know we're running low on time. Um, very rarely do we give up things just for the sake of it. We give things up because we believe there's something to be gained. And I, I believe that when we fast with the right motives, when we, when we abstain for the right motives, and, and that being, you know, so often in fasting, it's to impress others. Let's be honest, we'd love to impress others. Um, when we fast with the right motives, which means that, that we're not trying to prove something to, to God or to other people or even to ourselves. When, when we fast with pure motives to just know God, to be right with God, God delights in that. God moves in that. You think about it, when, when, when you give someone more of your time and more of your attention, when, when you prioritize somebody in your life and their relationship, isn't it true, man, that, that there's blessing that comes? Why? Because you're, you're, you're pushing away everything else to hone in on this one thing. And the Lord tells us, if you seek me with your whole heart, you'll find me. Fasting. Setting aside other things to give the Lord more of our attention. And I want to encourage you to think about it. the fourth question is, how is the Lord leading you to participate in fasting this year? You know, we're, we're inviting everyone in our church family to, to begin the fast and to end the fast in the same way. And so we're inviting everyone that, that is a part of our church family, if you can do it, to begin the fast starting tomorrow with a three day sun up to sundown fast. And then we'll end the same way. Do food if you can. But if you can't, great, do something else. Do a sunup to sundown social media fast or or give up your phone or maybe even like give up talking from sunup to sundown. Practice silence. Like what is something that you can give up for the sake of, of concentrating on the Lord for the next three days? You know, and for the rest of the month, you, you you're on your own. You can you can choose. You can listen. Ask the Lord what He has for you. You know, for some of you, you're going to engage in a soul fast. Like what's a soul fast? A soul fast is 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 when you set aside you know social media or Netflix or any other form of entertainment, your phone, for the purpose of spending time with God. It'd be interesting. And you know, yesterday, I'm coaching my, my son and my daughter. They're both playing basketball. I'm, I'm coaching both their teams. It's a lot of fun. Yesterday, at the beginning of my daughter's game, I t- like Courtney was helping keep the book. And I'm like, hey, count how many jump balls there are in this game between the both teams. Anyone have a guess how many jump balls there were? Third and fourth grade girls basketball. Any guesses? 20? F- how many? Five. Five. Anybody else? 12. Twelve. There were 44, <laughs> if you were wondering. <laughs> 44 jump balls. And we spent more time you know, doing this than we did anything else. And it was funny, but, but it just made me think like, hey, I encourage you, um, take inventory how many times you pick up your phone. <laughs> the next three days, you know, when you're bored, when you're stressed, when you're going to the bathroom, how often do you turn? And just take a tally, literally, keep a tally of it. I wonder how many times we pick up our phone. <laughs> we don't even know it, we just do it instinctively. And, and for some of you this month, it's going to be a soul fast, for some, for some of you, this, the, the fast is gonna be some sort of a food fast. Maybe you'll do a Daniel fast. You know, Daniel fast, you see this in the book of Daniel. It's where you eat only fruits and vegetables and nuts. Set everything else aside, you know, it's this, this process of putting clean and healthy food in your body for the sake of, of feeling good and hearing God better. Others of you, maybe you're gonna cut out alcohol. You're gonna cut out dessert this week or this month. Others of you, maybe you'll engage in a, in a minor fast. You know, this is called a sun-up to sundown fast or a Jewish fast. And, and for some of you, what this will look like is, is that you might choose to do a, a sun-up to sundown fast, which means that you don't eat or drink anything besides water from the time the sun rises to the time the sun sets, and then at night you eat dinner. For some of you, you go, man, I might do it the whole 30 days. Others of you go, I might do Monday through Friday, sun-up to sundown fast. Others of you go, you might I might do a three-day a week sun-up to sundown fast. Some of you, maybe God's calling you to do a major fast. Major fast is 24 hours or more without eating. Maybe some of you will do this once a week or twice a week. Some of you will do an extended period, a three-day, five-day, seven-day, ten-day fast. And I encourage you to, to have realistic expectations. Going into fasting, it's probably going to be difficult at points. And you might not get the clarity that you'd hoped in the moment. But I want to say this. You know, when we go into prayer only wanting results, we miss out. But when we go in wanting relationship, we get exactly what we want. And so this season, let's not go in going, man, wanting things more than God. Let's let God be the the major thing that we're wanting. This is how I'll end. I remember when I was 16, uh, my family went to Disney World for Christmas and my grandmother had just passed away the year before. And none of us just wanted to go to her house and relive, you know, the, the same thing without her. It just felt too painful. So we're like, let's go to Disney World. And so I remember looking back when I was 16 and thinking about that recently and I was talking to my mom about it actually. And she was like, Yeah, you remember that trip? I'm like, Yeah, she's like, it was miserable for me. And, you know, she's like, I miss my mom so much. And, you know, my She was saying that and my granddad was just kind of miserable and and I was miserable. I didn't want to be there because I was just in a relationship and I didn't want to be at Disney World. I wanted to be with my girlfriend. And and I literally remember just pouting the whole week, just being so frustrated, like I don't want to be here. Like, and I missed out on a great week with my family, doing something fun, man, because of, of me. And I wanna encourage you, in this season, You know, don't miss out. And, and it's easy to come into seasons like this and be like, I hate that we're doing this. I felt that, honestly, I felt that. I hate sometimes, years past, that we've come into the season of prayer and fasting, just being honest. Sometimes I've come into it begrudgingly. There have been times where I step into the seat and I just, I wanna encourage you, don't miss out on this opportunity. I'm not comparing fasting to Disney World, but what I am saying is possible is that you'll get God this month. You'll get God this month and things will shift in your life and your heart and don't miss out, don't miss out. And I'm, I'm personally looking forward to this month because I know that I need more of God in my life. I feel distracted and I feel like I'm not hearing him super clear and I go, man, I just want you God. And may that be our posture as we come into this season. Todd, we throw up those community questions? Here's what I wanna do, I wanna give us five minutes. And I encourage you to wrestle with these questions. You know, maybe you'll wrestle with one of them or all of them, maybe you have one of these already figured out, but I encourage you to, to literally, just gonna, Caleb's gonna play some music for five minutes. You know, get out a, a piece of paper, get out your phone and, and write some things down, things that you're going to do that you wanna step into. And then I'll call us back in after five minutes. But as, as, you're, as you're praying, as you're listening, as you're discerning, take communion. I mean, let this be the reminder that, that it, this is between you and the Lord, the bread and the Jews, his body, his blood, broken, shed for you. And I'll come back in a few minutes and call us back out of communion. So let's take the next few minutes, wrestle with these questions privately, and then I'll call us back. All right, let's stand up. I'm gonna pray for us. We got one more song. Lord thanks for these people. You see our hearts. You see the desire, Lord. Um, Just like um, Courtney said, let's tend to the garden. Let's tend to the soil, God. Tend to the soil of our hearts. Help us. God, we want to bear fruit for you. We want to live lives that bring glory to you, that make you happy. God, I pray that this morning that we leave encouraged, we feel ready to walk with you and Lord, any bit of shame or discouragement we speak against in the name of Jesus, we just pray, God, that you would help silence the lies of the enemy. Help us to know you as Father. I pray for breakthrough this month like has never been before. That each week there's testimony of, even if it's just, I spent time with God and it was awesome. Or I made time for you and it was, you know, it didn't seem fruitful, but it was awesome just to be in his presence. And so, Lord, we just expect much. Move in us, God. Hear us. God, we're going we're gonna to knock on your door. We're going to ask things of you. We're going to be in your presence. We're going to enjoy you. We love you, Lord. Thanks for letting us be a family, for letting us be your church. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen.